This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, a Comanche pilot rushes his takeoff with potentially disastrous results. Find out what happens in Speeding Toward the Trees by Steve Ells. I was delighted when Dave bought a Piper Comanche 180 and moved it into a hangar two down from me. He was just starting the flying game, and I was hoping to help him get on the right track by sharing with him a few flying tricks I had learned in the past 40 years. He turned out to be an enthusiastic flyer. Little did either of us know then that during one of my teaching flights, I showed him three tricks that no pilot should ever do. We were fortunate that day. Here's the story of the September 10th, 2015 flight down to the Corona Municipal Airport in California for an aircraft spruce and specialty open house. After spending a few hours talking airplanes, buying had-to-have aero stuff, and meeting vendors, we were ready to fly back to Paso Robles. During past flights down into the L.A. Basin, I had often been frustrated by my inability to make it all the way home because of weather hiding the tops of the 4,000-feet-plus peaks that parallel the Santa Barbara coastline, or marine layer fog. Fearing I might again have to spend the night waiting out weather, combined with departing late in the day, was tickling up my let's go trigger. Dave, a big fella at 240 pounds, and I loaded up, did a quick magneto check at the departure end of runway 25, and asked the tower for takeoff clearance. There's a 182 just turned a close-in base. You can wait for him, or if you're ready, you're cleared for takeoff on 25. Came through my David Clarks. I was ready and wanting to show Dave how to depart quickly. I released the brakes and commenced a turning takeoff roll from the hold short line to 25. Always conscious that I was the one who would have to pay for engine repairs, 
I gradually pushed the throttle forward. I scanned the engine instruments as we started accelerating. RPM was at 2,700, manifold pressure at 27, oil pressure at 78. Looks good, I thought. I love the 180 horsepower Lycoming 0360 in my Comanche. Dave didn't make any noise that I remember, but he must have been transmitting some concern because when I looked up, it seemed like we were running out of runway pretty quickly. And beyond the end of runway 25 are trees. My grip on the yoke tightened. Not good, I thought to myself as we continued to eat up runway. On long runways, I usually just raise the nose at about 55 mph and let my beloved Comanche fly itself off when it's ready. Not today. Today, it was take charge time. So when we got to 60 mph, I pulled the airplane off the runway, flattened the pitch angle to stay in ground effect, and raised the landing gear to gain speed and reduce drag. The gear comes up quickly in a Comanche, but since the trees were getting bigger, it seemed to take quite a while that day. Dave must have realized we were going to clear the trees because I remember hearing a strong exhalation in my headphones as he let out a sigh of relief. We crawled out of there at about 80 miles per hour, well below the best rate of climb speed. It was the best I could do with the power I had. An hour and 50 minutes later, we touched down at Paso Robles. Recently, I asked Dave if he had been worried. His laconic reply was, a little, but that runway is short, and the trees. Dave has added more ratings and has flown hundreds of hours in the years since. He added, I've been more scared since then. LOL. Later, I reviewed my decisions that day. First, runway 725 at Corona is 3,200 feet long, which is plenty of runway for my little Comanche. According to the pilot's operating handbook, at the airport altitude, about sea level, 535 feet, it should have only taken a little more than 800 feet to break ground. The handbook also indicates that the rate of climb should exceed 800 feet per minute. I can guess that clawing my way skyward at 80 miles per hour instead of the best rate of climb speed of 96 miles per hour greatly slowed the climb. So why did the runway seem so short? My decision to rush to take off had a lot to do with it. The paved hold short area at the end of runway 25 is wide. It's possible that instead of using the full length of the runway that day, my turning onto the center line cut off a couple of hundred feet. My leisurely application of throttle indicates that I thought we had plenty of runway. In reality, I was behind the airplane from the minute I accepted the quick takeoff clearance. When the sparky Imason rule of thumb for density altitude, which is subtract 600 feet from the runway length for every 10 degrees Fahrenheit above the standard temperature for the airport elevation, 
is applied for that 90-degree day, the short runway is no longer a perception. It's a reality. Here's what I should have done. Taken my time to complete the pre-flight checklist, waited for the incoming airplane to clear the runway, and then lined up on the center line and completed my engine checks at 2,000 RPM before releasing the brakes. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely.